Hello and welcome to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. With me as always, my good friend, Jim Stam. How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. I uh, I hate to just jump into business like this, Gary, but I don't want people to forget about our show last week. Um, you know, we had Eric Minshaw on uh, the Ohio Baseball Science Academy. I would urge you, if you haven't listened to that episode yet, please go back and do it. Um, it was a fascinating conversation. Uh, we talked pitching, hitting, um, just all kinds of stuff. And I really hope people do check it out. Yeah. And let us know if you like that sort of thing, because, you know, Jim and I, on occasion, I think it's fair to say we can get caught in the circle of what interests us. And, uh, we tend to like some really, really nerdy stuff. So like, if that's a yeah. little bit too nerdy for you, let us know. Yeah, like- we we do need the feedback too. You know, like, yes, I loved it. You loved it. It was really cool. I think it helps you, your knowledge as a baseball fan to understand that stuff. And therefore, it would help you with the Pirates even. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like, just let us know if you thought it was great, if you didn't. But um, go check it out, please. Yep. So, hey, this week, Jim, I think we have to talk about some stuff. We got Johan Oviedo. Um, we still don't know the nature of the injury 100%. Um, but regardless. Doesn't sound, Doesn't sound good. No, but it sent shockwaves through everybody. And, you know, initially, this doesn't make any sense and it's not right. It pissed me off, Jim. Like, I was instantaneously pissed off at the Pirates. I, I was like, I slammed my fist down on the table. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And I thought back to all the times you and I had talked about, like, why you try to get some term on some guys to, like, have a little bit of a safety net built in. You don't want to go at this stage year to year not knowing four-fifths of your rotation. Yeah, you know, well, no, God. Th- then I thought about it a little more. And I thought, it's November. It was November 14th when we found out. So it was November. There hasn't been one significant free agent signed. There hasn't been one significant trade made. Anybody that was available is still available. Pirates claim they want to spend money. They already had to get two. They still got to get two. So, you know, it's fixable. And maybe we were being a little bit gracious, giving them Johan Oviedo as a guy anyway. Yeah. um, A lot of different aspects to this. Oh, Um, we can talk about this for 45 minutes, but want to. Yeah. We have other things planned. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, First of all, it's interesting because I knew where you were going to go when you said you were upset. I think most people that heard you were going to be upset would maybe think, oh, this is about his usage. This is about how they how they let him pitch too much, all that stuff. I I am with you in the in the line of thinking that it's way more about, you know, I don't know what I don't know what the uh, a good analogy is to this, but like 
this is this is the thing about just deciding when you want to do something, right? Like, okay, now we're ready. Now we're ready. It's like being single and you've been and you and you've turned down 10 different dates. Yeah, yeah. And and, and now all of a sudden you've decided Okay, now now I'm ready. Now I'm ready. Who who's who 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 am I going to date? Where 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 is this person? I got to have them. Well, you know, like it's not that convenient. First of all, now you've backed yourself into a corner, and guess what? You might be alone for a little bit. Um, and, yeah. and you didn't have to do it that way if you'd have just been a little bit more open minded and proactive about things. And that Gary, they could have been doing that. Uh, that- they could have, but I think that's that's part of the discussion we're going to get into later. We're going to talk a little bit about, you know, we've watched this rebuild and how we got here, right? And and we, it's netted two starters, and I'll give you Johan Oviedo right now. That's what it's netted, two starters that you can trust going into 2024. A lot of options behind them, a lot of guys who could become starters, Two that you felt were. So what have we given away to get to that point? That's something we're going to talk about today. We're going to we're going to go through really mentally what we've lost and should we have at some point decided to keep some of those guys a little longer? Was it smart to move Quintana? Was it smart to move uh, Tyler Anderson? Should they have potentially held on to him? What about Joe yeah. Musgrove? I know we got David Bednar back for him, and I know we got. You know, Andy Rodriguez back for him, but Josh Bell, would they have been wise to extend him? Yeah, Josh Bell. So we'll talk through some of this stuff because I think we romanticize some of that stuff a little bit, you know, thinking we should have held on to all these guys. And we, we tend to forget about the repercussions of actually what the moves created, you know? Yeah, right. So there's a lot of ins and outs to discussions like that. I do think there's a couple that I think we can identify, Jim, that yeah, probably should have kept. And and the return, not great. And probably would be in a better position had they done so. Probably could have well, done so affordably too. Yeah. And 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 just right off the bat, I mean, we're talking about Oviedo. How did how did how 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 are we talking about him? Right. It's because we got we got him as part of the Quintana Stratton deal. Um only thing I'll say is I know uh, before we go to break is I I will say that like we get so uh, tunnel vision about what does this mean? What does this, uh, you know, how does this affect the pirates? What are they going to do? Um, but I will just say just from the human element is it, it just sucks for Oviedo if it is Tommy John, because, you know, um, granted he's young, he's 25 and he's a big guy and he can, probably bounce back from it but this is a guy that um you know had been used as a starter then had been in relief and then the pirates had you know had had stretched him back out to be a starter and you see guys go through the those ups and downs and those those uh struggles and maybe start to finally find some consistency it's just a reminder of like these guys man they're so just dependent on their health and um, from all accounts, he's a big time competitor and a good guy in the clubhouse. And it just sucks for just from that standpoint. Sure. And, and he loses, you know, what I think would have been 
I mean, and again, we're talking like he, like we already know he's. he's yeah, we're gone. we're assuming worst case, right? Yeah, but he would potentially be a guy that the the exact type of guy that you're hoping comes in and can build on what he's done. And yeah, he starts the season as your fourth or fifth starter, but in a perfect world, he works his way up a little further on that pecking order just from improving himself. Right. And right. So it's not like what he was is what he will always be. That said, again, it's November. We're losing a guy that won nine baseball games for you. Right. And, and that you couldn't just automatically assume was exactly. So I guess what I don't want to do is act like they just lost Mitch Keller here. Mm -hmm. And, and I say that because Jim, before we go to break, let me break your brain a little bit. If this were Mitch Keller, what the hell would we be advising them to do? Because they're not going to replace his caliber. Nope. At DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. Back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Thank you for jumping on with us, everybody. Thursday afternoon, the week before Thanksgiving. I can't freaking believe that, Chip. I know, man. And the weather hasn't been too bad. I'll, I'll take this for, for this year so far. Not, hey, dude, I'm hearing rumors we might have a snowy Thanksgiving, though. So that's I know, cool. I know. But hey, mid-November, I'll take it. Hey, me too. So, um... Let's pick up where we left off because uh, Robert Haglin here, he, he rightly puts in the, in the chat, isn't it at least three now? Now he's referring to how many pitchers they need to get. And uh, yeah, I mean, if I'm the GM, sure. So let's backtrack a little bit. You have Ben Sherrington now on record saying he is targeting two or more starting pitchers. Mm-hmm. So he's said that now. So so that should tell you that they're going to get two, at least, right? I figure that's going to be two you really, really, really think can play. And one you kind of hope might be able to if you can tweak them a little bit, right? That's what I'm thinking they'll probably do. Yeah. Robert Murray, pretty respected reporter, came out with a report today that, you know, everything he's hearing the Pirates are interested in a, a tier above free agents from what they acquired last year, which should excite everybody as well. Because no matter what you thought of Rich Hill, he cost $8 million. So that probably puts you into a price range up where you probably need to be in the uh, 12 to 13, 14, $15 million range for, for an arm. And I think then you're talking about some kind of quality. 
Well, so that- it sounds as though the right things are being talked about. The right things are being said. That that doesn't mean anything till they do it. But Jim, this would be a really boring show if all we did is said we have to see it before we. You know, right. We, the signs are starting to look good. At least we're not hearing like, "Oh, that's a big blow for us." Not sure how we're gonna. You know what I mean? Yeah. But well, you know, um, that is the range that they're gonna need to be in if they want to have get anybody decent. I, I mean, like you just mentioned, Rich Hill. He was eight million. Um, you know, he he he's nothing great, but he's he's nothing terrible, but he was nothing great. But even even guys like that, that's what you can get if if you're a pitcher with even a pulse. So yeah. like, you know, you gotta you have to raise your own spending standard if you want to get anybody decent, and that is going to be in. I mean, ten, fifteen million dollars. You're good. That's what you'd need to be at. Bottom line, you're probably looking at seeing some signings this off season. That uh, I would say you're going to hear record breaking. You're going to hear things like that. I think. I think you're going to hear like this is the biggest free agent the Pirates have ever brought in, or the highest paid free agent they've ever brought in. And the sad thing is, I don't think it necessarily means it's going to be a big name. I just I was just sitting here thinking, well, the bar isn't exceptionally high if you look at who the pirates have yeah, yeah. brought in free agent wise in their history. Um but well it's just yeah. like when you say like oh Brian Hayes highest pe- you know um contract and ever the richest contract ever and now that's Brian Reynolds or whatever. But you're still talking about like basically a feather falling off a building. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not, the, it. it's not a Giancarlo Stanton type situation with the Yankees where they just, you know, toss somebody on the bench that's making twenty five million a year. Right. Um, it's not that. And I, I mean, obviously, I don't think this is a, some breaking news slash hot take. But like, if anybody's out there holding out hope that the Pirates are going to be getting Jordan Montgomery or Blake Snell. Um, just wait till you see what those guys get. I mean, they are going to, um, there's going to be some sticker shock with the top five, six guys, I think. Especially the lefties of that group. Oh, I, I think, I think those are going to be very hot commodities. Um, and it'll be interesting to see Gary, what that does to the secondary market, right? Like how does that, yeah. how does, because there's only so many pitchers out there that are, you know, decent too good and a lot of teams are looking for pitching i mean we already know st louis we've got a lot of things going for them here though the pitching market this is easily the deepest pitching market there's been in a decade jim there there haven't been this many available at the same time and this many of, of decent quality at the same time i do think we are going through a a trimming or a purging of some of the top uh, spending that goes on in the league this year. Um, San Diego is going to cut back. The Mariners, even though they have won multiple years in a row, 88-plus wins, they're going to cut back this year on the record, they've said. You know, um, 
who knows what the A's are going to do. They might try to make a splash in Vegas. You know, um, I don't know what they'll do. Um, the Rangers probably don't need to spend anymore. They might, they might have to go get another starter or something. Yeah, but, the Padres are um, an interesting case right now, too. Padres are interesting, but all they're going to do is distribute a bunch of guys that are on expiring contracts around the league. <laughs> really, You know, yeah. like Juan Soto is going to kind of head someplace and get extended, and there'll be a boatload of prospects that go back the other way for him. Um, just, real, just real quick, does it, you know, free agency doesn't always start out with a bang. Um, you know, sometimes – you get something right off the bat, but it's been, you know, super, super quiet. Does that surprise you? No, not at all. I think you're waiting for a couple of, uh, a couple dominoes to fall to kind of set the market. That usually always happens. Um, started seeing some, some rumors about Shoei today. You know, he's setting up secret meetings with, uh, with teams because he doesn't want to be a media sensation every time he shows up in a town. And, and have it be a whole storyline. That's why so, I didn't even mention when he was at Primanius today. I just, I let, him, <laughs> I let him be. First of all, he was enjoying his sandwich with the fry because yeah. he gets it on top like a real man. But uh, I just let him be. I, I thought that was, I thought that's what he wanted. Well, that was really polite of you. Um, you know, especially since he's eating one armed right now, probably. <laughs> But uh, actually, actually, Gary, I was feeding him his sandwich because anything I can do to, to uh, you know, help get him here, I figured it, it was weird. I'll be honest, uh, but I, I will do what's necessary. So, but, you know, he's a guy that like, he and Snell, those types, they're going to need to fall before you really understand where that secondary market's going to set up, you know, like, yeah, Bellinger's another one. Right. Um, I, I do think the Pirates can do some work now, though. I think they can go and start knocking out some of those uh, general steady performer types that you need. You know, like mm -hmm. now you go and you get that. Like, because to me, Jack Flaherty's in that group. He's in that, like, I think I'm going to get at least this out of you. But I could get this if I can fix you. So that's the type of guy I want for like that fourth, fifth spot in my rotation, you know? Right, right. So when I, when I talk about getting somebody like Flaherty, I don't want him to be my feature, but, you know, he's a guy that I think you could probably go and knock off now. That's all. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. Behind closed doors with the Pirates. We're sitting here trying to build a rotation, talking about guys to fill that rotation out. Do you think they sit there and go, well, we're going to have skeins here pretty soon, so we don't have to get too crazy? I don't. Do, I'm saying, well, I'm, I, I mean that, like, what are they thinking? What do you I think? I think they're smarter about baseball than I am. I And I... And I, and I mean, I'm just being humble. I, I don't think I know more than the Pirates like most people do. Right, right. But um, I, I, think, uh, I think that Skeens is a terrific prospect, but I think he definitely, definitely has things he has to do. He's got to show command. 
and he has to build a couple of those pitches out. Got to put some shape on a couple of those things. He really does have work to do. He's not ready to start in Major League Baseball. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah, okay, you agree with that. We we agree with that out of common sense. You know the Pirates think that. And and they they can't be dumb enough to think like that he's their trade acquisition at the deadline, right? The what they need to be thinking about is making his potential debut matter. Know that it's not going to happen from the beginning. Build a team that at least makes it matter that he's ready to get called up later in the season if he is. That that's what you have to do. Build a team that can function and and win up until that point and then bring those in. Well you would hope at that point what what the line of thinking is. See, I I just always, you know, I always question the, the pirates. I hope they're not doing something like that. Um because yeah, like ideally what you would want is is you're bringing him in um, simply to help stabilize things and um, show show his upside, um, not be the savior of it right off the bat just because that's what you banked on. My best case scenario, Jim, is you don't need him and he doesn't push his way on because you, you're performing so well. I mean, you have a lot of guys in front of him. Let's just not I think I think it's dumb the people that have already decided Quinn Priester's gone, for instance. They've already decided that's not gonna work out. No way. This kid was throwing ninety-five to ninety-seven just like a couple of years ago. It's not as though he can't. You know, yeah, it was a lot for him. It was a lot for him. It really was. It was like kind of leading a staff in triple A and Pushing back and learning some different stuff. Got punched in the mouth in the bigs a couple times. Yeah. And went back and learned and came back up and got punched again. You know, like, uh, give the kid a minute. No, I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't write him off. Um, do I have concerns? Absolutely, I have sure, concerns. Sure, but you've how, got how him, can, Ortiz, Contreras, Jones. Those guys are all ahead of schemes. Mm-hmm. Like, Jones. as far as, like. Getting, oh, yeah, Jones is ahead of schemes. Yeah. As far as, like, getting to the base. Those those all have to be worked through. Now, you get to, like, June, and Skeens looks, like, way better than any of those guys I talked about, and they haven't gotten opportunities yet, and something happens, and, hey, all bets are off. Skeens jumped them. But right now... Not really. Now, the launch pad here, he brings up uh, Cal Quantrill. He's been DFA'd by uh, the Guardians. Mm. A lot of people keep bringing him up. Eh. His numbers tell a different story than his underlying numbers. The best thing I can say about Cal Quantrill is uh, front offices don't like him. (laughs) And front offices don't like him because he doesn't do what front offices like. He doesn't get the swing and miss. He doesn't get the um, the the big spin numbers. He just he doesn't do things the way that they'd like to see them done. That's all. Doesn't mean he can't pitch. I know he got good numbers and everything. The other thing I would say is 
if Cleveland lets you go as a starting pitcher for nothing with years of control still, uh, you should probably think twice before you pick them up. Yeah, and and let me put it to you this way to answer that comment. I mean, if we're talking about that as like the third option of what you're bringing in, okay. But I don't want that to be the conversation starter from the get-go. You know, like that's, that's that's where I'm at. You want to sign a guy like that for, you know, a couple million reclamation project type thing? Sure. Here's the thing about reclamation projects. You have to see something you can fix. Okay. And and that's the problem, I think, with Cal Quantrill. Yeah. I don't think that's there to fix. He's got a two-seamer that doesn't move towards the bottom of the zone. Now, Oscar Marin has fixed those in the past, but he's usually fixed those by introducing the pitch. Like, he's usually found a guy whose four-seam was ineffective throwing him with a two-seamer and ended up turning him into something or having him refocus a little bit on that as opposed to, you know, um, teaching a pitch, I would say. Right. So, And, And here's the other thing, too, like I would bring up about bringing in pitchers and fixing them. Um. I think you see it. Well, you see it way more with relievers than you do starters. And that's because with relievers, you have much more situational baseball. They're not pitching as long in games where they're as exposed, things like that, where like you can still get something out of them if you can just figure out what it is, and then limit them to the certain situations that they're best suited for. Well, that doesn't really work with starting pitching. Right. You know, okay, you're like, yeah, okay, guys aren't going as long as they used to. Well, you still got to make it through a uh, – you still got to make it through the lineup at least two times, and you can't really hide that as well. So, you know, starting pitching is a different animal altogether in my, in my mind. Right. And I uh, bridged to October, Josh, here. he says, didn't they release him because of money? Not really raw talent. Um, he's due to make 6.6 in arbitration. <sighs> due to make versus estimate, for one thing, I would say they, they certainly didn't have to offer that. And I'm not sure he would have won that um, based on last year. I just don't think it was a very good season for him. So I'm not 100% sure that that would happen. 6.6 is more than I'd spend on him. I'm sure Cleveland knows him better than I do. And it was something they weren't willing to think about. So, well, yeah. And on top of that, I would say, like, I mean, let's be honest. There's only so much money a Pirates are going to be willing to spend. So, you know, do you, do you really want... It, let's say let's say he is going to get six point six. Let's just entertain that thought. Is that really where you want that to go? No, I wouldn't entertain him at six point six. I think Josh's question was: Is that why the Indians 
or the guardians decided to move on from. Yeah, but uh, I know I'm just using that as as well. As soon as soon as he is in waivers, though, that's irrelevant. Right, but it, you know? whether it's Quantrill or somebody else of that same caliber or or whatever that people people bring up names, I'm just saying like where would where do you want that money to go? Yeah, eventually Twinkies cost five dollars when inflation happens, and inflation is happening right now in the market. So yeah, you you may have to start looking at six million as acceptable for a guy that may or may not make your roster. That's the right. truth. And uh, that's a lot of what's going to happen this offseason, Jim. I, I started talking about the all the teams that are going to trim the fat this year a little bit. We'll see how it plays out. But I, I do think there's going to be a little bit of a player pull that, that just doesn't get what they think they're going to get, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I, here's here's what's really interesting to me is, is like all these – there's all these undercurrents right now in baseball, right? Financial – uncertainty is on the horizon and i just wonder where that registers across the league for a large number of teams um there are certain teams that i don't think they're really that concerned about it because they have their own networks and their own um profitability streams i just wonder where how big is that voice right now? Well, they're concerned about it for one thing, and they are talking about it because while they still are going to be fine financially right now, what do you think is the easiest way for the league to fix the problem? Increase the imbalance and revenue sharing from teams that have their own cable networks versus the ones they're subsidizing, right? Mm-hmm. So they just make them pay a little more to even it out. Well, they don't want to do that. So they, they care about it. Believe me, they care about it. They want a solution. So bottom line is two-thirds of the league are, are dealing with the same uncertainty. Right. And because each and every one of them had their own contracts with, with all these cable companies, it's different in every market. There's some that they might as well be chained to a, a, a register in the basement. Because they're just going to get hammered for years. Yeah. You know, there's nothing. And there's some that they're probably going to lose maybe 10 million. You know, because their deals suck to begin with. I think the Pirates are in that camp, to be blunt with you. I do. But that's why I don't get too hung up on this payroll thing with the Pirates, because I don't think it's going to affect them all that much. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder... I just wonder it. I just, I really want to see stuff start moving, you know, as far as players and free agents and trades, just to see where, if you start to see any ramifications from it already. No. One thing I think we can say is that the winter meetings, when everybody got sick, <laughs> it probably did slow some things down because that's true. I know, I know we all act like, uh, the whole world is running virtually, but there is still something to be said for getting face to face with a group of people and just bouncing around and dealing and dealing. So Gary, let's just be honest, no matter how smart you are, no matter how much money you have, no matter how sexy a player is that you want, if you're about to crap your pants, none of it really matters. (laughs) You gotta, (laughs) you're going to have to, you're going to have to put that on hold and deal with, uh, deal with the, uh, you know, the situation at hand. Right. 
So, yeah, I don't know. Um, all I can really say, Jim, is they can't backtrack this year. Going into 2024, they've started the clock on all these kids. The Soviato thing sucks. And I, and I hate to just be rude, but you you got to go out and handle it. That's all. You had a rebuild. We all sat here and ate the crap sandwich you fed us for four years. Some of us more willingly than others. Okay? This has been the big fight. Like, oh, you're a bootlicker. No, I just accepted it. You know, I basically just knew what I was watching, understood their plan, whether I agreed with it or not, and, and I've been following it. So mm. that's what I'm doing. Okay? I'm following this plan. Well, now the plan has come to fruition. You've gotten to the point where you brought up that first wave of kids. They're all up here. The clocks are started. You don't know what they're all going to be yet. They're up here and they're started, and you know that you can't really stop. You've got some contract signs. You've got Brian Reynolds. You've got Hayes. You know where they're coming. Their plug right. ends, right? Yeah. You cannot afford to backtrack now. You made a promise to the fans last year. You said you wanted to win. Unless you can look me in the eye and tell me that losing a nine-win pitcher breaks that system, I'm sorry. You just have to go out and make it happen. Go do it. They, this, we, we knew there would come a time with this whole thing where it was going to be put up or shut up time. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, you have so long to where, okay, this is what you're doing. This is what you hope to do. Well, guess what? We're here. What are you going to do about it? I mean, it's just, it's really that simple. Right. This is something we started talking about launchpad here, four years into a rebuild and the top level pitching is essentially bare heading into 2024 troubling to me now here's the way i go with that jim if this were 2021 i had this exact same situation this exact same setup mitch keller and a bunch of kids that i'm pretty excited about i am through the roof you and i would have been talking a lot differently two years ago about how excited we were waiting for these bats to come and join these pitchers that we were hopefully going to develop. It's why we were so worried about pitching because you have to have the pitching first. You got to build the pitching first because it's got to come up young and it's got to come up when you suck bad enough to give them time. Right. Because now you need these guys to come up from the minors running. They got to, you need them on a treadmill already at speed you need them to be shoved out onto the mound and their feet never stop moving. It, 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 and it was the only way it was going to happen in Pittsburgh. Anyway, you, you had to get, you had to get them in the system and get them up to speed and get them going. Right. So I guess that leads us into our next conversation, which is basically, is there any other way they could have gone about this? Right. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to have some interesting uh, names to bring up and um, we'll see if, if people were getting carried away or did it really matter? Right. We can probably even take this all the way to Ann Duhar if you want. 
<laughs> oh god <laughs> it's not but it's been so long I miss my friend <laughs> alright let's take another quick break he was probably down there at uh, Permanis with Shoei probably DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. Back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports <laughs> Podcast Network. Gary and Jim with you. We're going to pick up our conversation, but I got to start with the Queen. She says, of course I tune in just in time for the poop jokes. It does make total sense. Well, board Queen. I mean, if she was expecting classy, she needs to <laughs> she needs to go somewhere else because sometimes we're, we, we, we are not so classy, but... Oh, well, before we get into what we're going to talk about, let's do one more here from Michael at 412 Double Play Podcast. He says, what is the floor for you guys? They signed three starting pitchers this offseason. And who are the names? Okay, so we're going to do exact now, right? Um, I guess it isn't fair to keep saying guys like guys like. But when you have so many options and, and you could get them via trade or free agency or even international signings, I mean, there's some Korean expats looking to come back right i mean there there's a lot of um players out there that i'm not even sure are on everyone's radar yet you know um like well that's that's why dave I, brought up like <clears throat> jake odorosi like there's a guy you could probably mess with you know but is he a sure thing is he going to be healthy for even two days i don't know so there's a lot of ways you could go as far as like what they actually need. I think the right number is three, but I think I would be okay with two um, and, and another one that's kind of just a shot. So um, I'd be okay basically with uh, how do I put this? I'd be happy with like somebody right below like a Jordan Montgomery level. So, to me, that's somebody like Eduardo Rodriguez, I would think. Somebody like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Marcus Jack, Jack Flaherty. I don't like Marcus Stroman. <clears throat> no, I'm saying those. that's the tier. Yeah, I, I guess. I don't like him up there, but the league sure puts him up there. Um, but that, that's who I would start with. Somebody like that, Eduardo Rodriguez, because i got to get a lefty. I, w- I think I would probably work towards Michael Lorenzen after that because I love his flexibility. I think you can move him into the bullpen really easily, and he can be an anchor as your fifth starter if you have to have him be there. That's the perfect kind of guy, and I think he's a guy that I'd give term to because I think he's that flexible. I can use him for multiple years. And if I need a starter in a pinch, I've got one. If I need a bullpen guy, I've got one. And I, I really think he can do both of those things. So well, I keep going back to him, but he's a guy that I really like in that role. Yeah, I mean, he was available, was it 
last off season. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Detroit signed him for ten million. Yeah, these are these are the guys we were talking about, right? I mean, like that you could have went out and been a little proactive. Right. If you have him sitting there right now, because you had an option year, how you know what I mean? Like how 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 much better would you feel? Yeah, how much better had if you had laid a little bit of track like that? So let's go back and look at some of the names that have left town and for what and. Should we really have like bad feelings? Is there anything they could have done differently, like to hold on to some of what they had so that they wouldn't be in this situation? Let me let me let me add one more guy in there. I want people to pay attention to this name, not so much because I think he's going to be a pirate, but it will help. I think dictate or set people's expectations for what that market's going to look like. And I'm going to throw a name out, and some people are going to probably vomit lucas giolito watch and see even what he gets as a free agent and then you can start setting your expectations accordingly because even that guy with a mixed track record i think he's going to get paid but he's an interesting guy because think about it like this just absolute dog crap of a season i I said that for you queen absolute dog crap of the season Right. Terrible. It looks lost. Just absolutely lost. But there's a guy that you could potentially sign to one of those like $10 million deal with an option next year for 18 or 20. That is completely on him. If he wants to stay and have you pay him 20 million, great. If he wants to go and test free agency because he did so well, okay. You might have to do something like that to get a guy like that. So, and he's he's the perfect kind of candidate for a contract like that because he really might need to prove it. I don't think anybody's going to want to go and give him ace money, but he certainly has ace capability. Yeah, I'm seeing right here two years, $44 million is where he might end up being. Um, so if it's even close to that, I'm just trying, what I am trying to do is because we don't know what's going to happen yet is start paying attention to guys like that. See what they're going to get. Yeah. Like it's gonna Michael, be really Waka, Michael Waka is another guy that interests me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he kind of had his bounce back last year a little bit. But it wasn't quite was as an, high as he wanted to bounce. So no, but he was another guy, Gary, that I thought, geez, you know, like we've mentioned Waka, we've mentioned Lorenzen, like they, 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 they could have been doing, they could have been way more proactive than they've been. Sure, I think that's all we've been trying to say is that you, there, there's ways you could have mitigated this. You can't guess how many Tommy Johns you're going to have or whatever. (laughs) That stuff happens. But regardless, I I do think you have to look at it as, I don't know if it's a failure. I think to me, this offseason kind of tells whether it was a failure or not, right? Because you expect to not succeed in filling all 26 roles internally. You don't think that's going to happen. right? You don't go, I mean, you want it to. You want to try for it. That's your yeah. aim. That's what you're shooting but it, but, for. But it, but it never happens that way. Right. I mean, 
But and and giving yourself two off seasons to just have some better options, flexibility. How do you want to do it? Now you're into one. So like yeah. how, you, now you got to make it happen. So anyway, let's talk about guys that we shipped out because I, I often hear people they want to go back and and rue the whole the whole rebuild and everything and. and I, I don't want to make it as pedantic as like, well, we wouldn't have Jack Selinski if we didn't do this. Or, but has there have we really lost anybody that we think we should have held on to? What what missed opportunities do you think we've had throughout this rebuild? Okay, let's let's start way back at the beginning. Get Starling Marte. I think it's pretty clear, like just from the way he's playing right now you kind of can understand why he was okay to move on from because he's he's pretty much done at this point, right? He hasn't been healthy in years. He, he's not the same player he was. Right. He's playing out the string now, and he's not Kutch. So he's not like the leadership you need on this team right now. He, In fact, that was probably his worst quality as a player here, was that aspect of things. He always felt like he was somebody that needed led a little bit, not somebody that was doing the leading. So I'm okay with, with how that played out, regardless of what we have on the table that came back for him at this point. I don't, I don't sweat that one too much. No, and it was really at the infancy stages of all this, right? Right, right. So, you know, it's, where, it's pretty much where they started. And he was a really good ball player. I mean, like, yeah, there's no doubt about it. But... Um, I, I I don't look back on that and think, oh man, they they just totally blew that because of yeah. look how great he's been since then. I don't you know, look he, back. He, and, he had some good years. Don't get me wrong. Even since he's left, no more but, than that. I don't look at it and go like, oh man, I'd love to have him in the fold for 2024. Yeah, you know. So I I think ultimately what I can say is, by the time we got here which we're considering rebuilds over, right? Mm-hmm. So heading into that se- that next season, would he have factored in? I don't think so. So I'm okay with that. Josh Bell is the next one I can think of. Mm-hmm. Um, they've never really answered first base. It's This one's, to me, one of the more interesting ones because of, of what I, you I just- personally don't don't think that I'd want him. <laughs> I still don't think he can play first base. Not the way I want. And I still think he's too streaky. I don't know where you put him in your batting order. Um, some nights you'd want him hitting second. Some nights you'd want him hitting ninth. I don't know. Um, I hated well, the I th- trade. I didn't. I don't think they got crap back for him. Um, that said, the way he's played since, maybe that was appropriate. Well, this is why, like, I, I, I went and initially I was going to just gloss over him. Um, then I started looking at things. First thing you mentioned, they haven't, they haven't found a replacement, right? Not, not in any way, shape, or form. And as a matter of fact, here we are. What are they, we don't even know what they're going to do uh, when things actually start to matter. Um, then you look at the return. So let's talk about that return. It was Eddie Yeen, 
and it was Will Crow. Well, that didn't work out so well. And that's going to happen sometimes, right? Because you're going for guys that you think have upside and they, they wanted to build up the pitching in the system and they were trying to do that. Okay. So the last three years of Josh Bell, um, 2020, he had an 823 OPS. 20, no, that was 2021. 823 OPS. Then a 784 OPS. Last year, 744. The last three seasons, that's cost $34 million to several teams for him for contract. And it would be another 16.5 next year that his current team is on the hook for. So, um, you know... He's a terrible defender. We know this. God, if anybody knows it, we do. Um, but overall, am I, am I advocating that, oh, he should still be here and we wouldn't have any kind of an issue? No. I just thought it was more interesting the more I looked into it for all, for all those reasons. Right. He's a guy that's going to make a lot of money, but I don't think he's a guy that is necessarily solving that problem for me. No, and do I think you could build it cheaper out of that position? Yeah, probably. And they probably need to do that. Yeah, I would say, like, if anything, the criticism there is you just really got absolutely nothing back for him. That's all. Yeah. And that you really needed something to work out from that, um, either your lottery ticket or Crow, and neither of them really did. So, right. Um, let's move on. Tyler Anderson, I think, is the next one I want to talk about because they signed him. And even when they signed him, we talked about that should probably have been a multi-year contract. We wanted to to see him. Now, we were talking just a couple of years at that point. We weren't talking about like extending him out four or five years so that he'd still be here at this point. But that's the type of pitcher that, you know, you could consider acquiring and and. And, and locking down for a couple of years. And Oscar Marin has been very good with those types of pitchers. I'm not sure why you wouldn't take advantage of something he's proven he's good at. Yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at his numbers. I don't know that I care so much about the numbers they've put up from when they got shipped to now. It's more do you think you want them here in 2024? Do you feel like that was a missed opportunity? I'm on the fence with him. Um, I know, I know, I, again, I, I'm just looking at it for some reference. <clears throat> um, I can, I can live with it. Um, but I can also see the point where he's a guy that you probably could have given two years to and maybe an option. Okay. So probably not necessarily a missed opportunity then. I don't think so. Not, not he. He doesn't. He doesn't meet that criteria for me. Right. All right. Let's move on then. Joe Musgrove. This one's hard because you do have to play that game a little bit. Mm-hmm. You've got Andy Rodriguez here because of him. You've got David Bednar here because of him. Um. 
I think you would have had to extend him by now. So there's no saying that that he would have signed here the way he signed it uh, for San Diego, but he did like it here. So it's potentially there that you could have gotten an extension done. You probably could have gotten it done pretty reasonably, like if you had approached him in like 2020. And he had he had shown enough signs that I think something was going to be there, and he was young enough that he was a guy that we suggested again back then go ahead and sign this guy. Um, we we I don't think either of us felt you had to trade him. And I'll be honest, man. As much as I like Andy, and as much as I love David Bednar, I'd rather have Joe Musgrove. So. He's probably the only one I feel so far on our list that I do look back on and kind of go, ah, I wish we had gone a different route there. I don't think that it was the the productive move we were hoping it would be. Yeah, I, I look at this one as probably the biggest thing. Uh, and everyone's going to say, well, you got Bednar out of it too. Okay, we have. Yeah, I, I said that. I just uh, but. He's also been a closer on a team that's been losing a hundred games. I mean, so uh, that said, the know, team probably wouldn't have lost a hundred games if they had Joe Musgrove. Right, right, and 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 how valuable is a, clo- uh, a, a closer that you might consider to be elite on a team like that? Yeah. So again, like it's what did you what did you get? Yeah, I, Musgrove got a five year, hundred million dollar deal with the San Diego Padres. Totally um, doable. Yeah. Totally doable. Yeah. Yeah. I, I and he, and, he, and for us, I'm sorry, he'd be better than Mitch Keller. He'd be your front line starter. Yeah. He'd be I, your and, and, right now. And if they don't approached him at the time with an extension, we're probably not even talking five years and a hundred million dollars. No, but we're, we're talking about a team that could potentially be sitting there with, at least those two in your rotation, right? And I think that's a good base. Then you go into free agency and you talk about, let's say they still need two, two, three pitchers. Well, don't I feel a lot better walking around that store knowing that I've got the the flour and sugar and salt and pepper already at home? I don't have to buy all this. You ever go on vacation and you, and you go, Jim, I'm going to cook. We're staying at this Airbnb. We're going to cook the whole time. We're going to save money. And you and your wife, you both look at each other like the frugal geniuses that you are, and you go, "This is a great idea." And you go to you go to the whatever the Wind Dixie or the Piggly Wiggly or wherever the hell you're visiting. So, so you're down south. Yeah, apparently. Well, we're from Pittsburgh. We travel south, my friend. This is true. So you're heading down to like the Piggly Wiggly. You go on in. And you get your chicken and you get your corn and you get your stuff. And you're ah, we're gonna cook all this stuff up. Then you go, oh shit, I don't got any salt. I don't got any pepper. I don't got. I don't have. I don't have uh, any cayenne seasoning. I. I don't. <laughs> you have yeah. to go and buy everything, right? Before right. you realize, you're like, oh my god. You really think about all the staples you keep in your house. That's all we're asking here is keep some staples, right? Yeah. I think Joe Musgrove was staples. That was like canned goods for the war, man. Like you, you have yeah. to have that. Well, and, and that's the thing, like, if you're sitting there with him now and you had already had extended him, A, it didn't cost you as much as what San Diego just had to pay him, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. You've got him. You still have him for a couple more years. You're, you're, you're sitting pretty, but no, you had to do everything 
only a certain way and you had to strip it down that far well well, here's the beautiful part we didn't even talk about yet, Jim. Fallout. Here's the beautiful part we didn't even talk about. You could still trade him later. Right, right. Yeah. Like <laughs> what he, after he's proven himself even more. Right. Like yep. this is a this is a step that the pirates miss, and you wonder why our system gets the way it does. It's not just because like we get decent and draft worse. It's because we get decent and draft worse. And we never keep players into that next step where they really become superstars. You know, let's, it's so let's. rare that we do. Like, touch the reason he's the way he is here, the reason he's so popular, they kept him into his superstar years. Right. That's why. And let's not forget where Musgrove came from and how we got him. <laughs> and. Boy, it would be nice to still have that as that big piece that you could say, okay, yeah. you know what? Fine. There was no way we were keeping Garrett Cole. Fine. It's- Which is part of this whole story because with a regime change comes, you know, a tone deafness to shame. You know, they don't they don't have any allegiance to make that move hold up. You know? Right. Yeah, to them that was just uh, their names on paper, right? I mean, right. you're not you 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 don't feel any responsibility to still make that trade hold up or ha- get something out of it. You can just blame it on the moron behind you, but before you, right? So let's do another one here about Adam Frazier. Um, this one's easy for me. I I thought I was going to miss him. Really did. Um, and I don't think we've especially gotten great second base play since he left. But he also hasn't played well anywhere else that he's been, really. Yeah. Not, he hasn't impressed me at all. And I don't think he's grown. I actually think he's kind of regressed a little bit. Um, no, I'm I think- fine with, with having moved on from him. Yeah. I mean, I think if we're going to sit there and knock the Musgrove trade and how that could have played out differently. They played this one pretty well. I mean, when it really, <laughs> yeah, when it really comes yeah. down to it. Um, I think, you know, the ironic thing about both, of, we're talking about the Fraser trade and the Musgrove trade. And this just goes to show you how imperfect of a science all this is, is two of the bigger headliners of those deals were Hudson head or, and two Capito Marcano that, Sherrington just had to have, right? Yeah. And um, thank God it wasn't, thank God there were other guys involved in those trades because the ones you thought might be the guys were not. So it's just a reminder too of. Yeah, I mean, I guess to be fair, it's the ones we guys thought would be successful, right? We don't know which one they were targeting most. They start, well, I'm, the reason I'm talking I, about I'm talking about though, like the um, you know, you get the information and the reports and what. Yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. I, I, you people like me, reporters, journalists, bloggers, we get, mm-hmm. yeah, we all were very excited about Hudson Head and his future, and um, Omar Cruz, the, you know, left-handed pitcher they got back in, in one of those deals, and, and it turns out Jack Zawinski they put on a fast track, so like. I, yeah, I they, guess what I'm saying is maybe they kind of had him as their 
They could have had the hots for Sawinski all along. You you do not know that part for sure. All right. So you got any names that I missed? Because the only one I can think of is Quintana. And I think it's pretty clear that we we all thought the Oviedo was a decent return for him. And he had kind of shown that he was going to be a player here for a few years. Still could when Mm -hmm. when he's healthy or whatever. But that probably was one of, I think, Ben Sherrington's best trades. Yeah. Um, I will say, interestingly enough, I think Quintana got, what, two years, two years, 26 million in free agency. And didn't pitch at all last year, really. Yeah, he obviously had some pretty – uh, significant health concerns wasn't arm related, ironically, which is right, I think right. what everybody was concerned about, and ended up being much more serious than that. Um, two years, twenty six million. Um, if he'd have still been healthy, but that was the concern, I'm okay with it. I, you know, it sounds going right to me, right? I mean, like I, we're talking, uh, we were just talking about what's the price range, right? We just said what ten to twelve, up up to fifteen. It's right in that market, isn't it? Yeah, it's exactly the type of picture you'd need. Now, now, would I be obviously feeling a lot better if Nunez, who we really could have used if if they hit on that because of the position? Sure, that'd have been nice. Sure, but all in all, probably okay with letting Quintana go too. I I think so. I think it bore yeah. out kind of how you look he helped the cardinals a little bit down the stretch that year yeah he was great um but that that was the going that was that's the going rate for what you're going to get at that point for a guy like that all right so those are the obvious ones those are the big guys you know those are the big trades that they made like the the big pieces that i think everyone remembers the ones that i thought there'd probably be some some hard feelings about right so the next level down from that is is really like your you know your 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 people that just played first base for you for a while that you feel like they let go of too early or, or your person that that pitched here for a minute and and they probably didn't give him enough of a chance or whatever anybody like that that I miss Jim because I'm not thinking of too much no and that's kind of what jumps out at you I think uh-huh. Gary. As how did they go, not luck into somebody? Yeah, how did they not luck? How did they not luck into anybody? Um, all the outrage for some guys that people got real upset about. Yeah, I mean, when you start looking back at it in the roster, I mean, like it, it really, it really was much ado about nothing for some of those guys. To be quite honest, let me t- let me sum it up this way, because I, I think this this exercise kind of accomplished what you and I wanted it to, in many ways. But I think we both wanted to kind of just have a look back and see uh, did they did they really screw up anywhere? And I can't even call that Musgrove one a screw up. It's more a preference. I'd prefer to have kept the starting pitcher as opposed to, you know. What, what came back, even though I love what came back. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because it is be- you're you are talking Bednar and Andy out of it. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's sum it up this way. The rebuild 
I think is where it's at largely because it only took Jim and I about 15 minutes to go through every significant member of this team that got moved out in four years. Think about that. When you're talking about some of these teams that have successful rebuilds and even the Padres, like we know they're going to, that they just had to like uh, take out a loan to pay their payroll. Right. We know the troubles there and their owner just passed away. You know, God bless them and nothing but respect for him. Honestly. Um, Actually, they're, Really great story from Bucko Ball, um, the blog Bucko Ball. Check it out. Wrote a wonderful piece about it was almost a tribute to to him. A lot of history about how um, ownership came to be the way ownership is in Major League Baseball in that piece. Seriously, a great read. I'll try to make sure I tweet it out later on. Um, but check that out. But all I can say is uh, in, in those four years, Jim, they didn't have the pieces to move out to really bring back the kind of stuff we were talking about. Like right. Josh Bell is not going to bring back the type of arm that you're hoping they would. Starling Marte did, Brennan Malone, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy for five minutes since they got him. And that, I mean, that experiment's just about over, but that was a top ranked like pitcher. That wasn't just a lottery ticket. They were expecting him to become something. I'm fairly certain he wound up in one of Cody's. This is the year he's going to be here. Type things. <laughs> you oh, know, so. oh, lethal, lethal. Yeah. yeah. So we talk about what got moved out. I think it's pretty insignificant. And the one piece they did have, Joe Musgrove. We talked about the great pieces they got back. So it's very hard for me to to feel like they really missed the boat on any of them. I, unfortunately, I just don't think they had – they didn't have marble, so I can't complain about the countertops. Does that make no, sense? No, but what, the only thing you could do is say, okay, well, then maybe – well, then you've really got a hit on your drafting. You, yeah. Because if, if you know, okay, this is what we got. We're going to see what we can get. We're going to take some high upside guys, tight seat. Boy, you you better you better absolutely destroy – every draft as much as you possibly can because i'll tell you what what's going to happen here real soon if they don't address the starting rotation the right way next year the pressure to be good is going to be even bigger okay 2024 they want to win they said it blah 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 and and they'll try they will go out and they'll sign some people and they'll, they'll It'll, they'll make it look like they're, they're giving you a good effort. I think you'll, they have a good shot if, if people progress. And they'll fill this this roster up, maybe with just one-year deals, unfortunately. But let's say that's what they do. As you head into 2025, the pressure to, to make this work is going to ramp up even more. They, there's yeah, just that, not going to be a backing off of it. No, the ball is is rolling downhill now. Right. It's go it's going to pick up speed, not 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 just uh come to a stop expectation wise. So do what you gotta do. Go get it done. That's all there is to it. And and we we, we can't really be nice about it, sadly. No. We we have said, Gary, we have said for a while now, like this is the off season. This is it. Yeah, you better 
you better put your money where your mouth is. <clears throat> and whether that's trades or signings or whatever, this was this is when it had to happen. And you you have you have only given yourself so much leeway because of how you wanted to do it. Yep. And all I can say, Pirates fans, is you don't have to hold the step stool to help them lean into the dumpster. You don't have to help the pirate shop in the dumpster, folks. Quit <laughs> quit throwing every DFA up on Twitter like it's somebody you, you have to have. Like, if, if it's somebody that you want them to take a flyer on, just be clear. That's not a solution. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> may, maybe to to give some people benefit of the doubt, I do think people are just so browbeaten into helping them bargain shop. Um, if you do are suggesting some of those uh, the, the, those kind of flyer guys, that's fine. It just can't be, it like I said, it just can't be the conversation starter. No, it can't be. So hey, next week we're gonna do the show on Friday because it's Thanksgiving next week, which I can't freaking believe. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be a, I a fat a fat bloated sleepy show by then but you know I really hope not I really hope not I, I hope that I control myself this year <laughs> never mind um, <laughs> I will probably be full of turkey you will not but uh, I will be full of honey baked ham there you go so, so. Friday we're going to be back and we're going to have a guest um and we'll do Friday at five. So we'll do some Black Friday Buckos talk, huh? What yeah, do you think of that? Maybe that. maybe what you and I should do next week is show up with some uh some Black Friday bundles for everybody, some some parlays we want to offer up. Let's trade, Jim. Let's let's do a trade and sign show okay. next week. I think that sounds fun. Black Friday deals. People are always asking for specifics. Let's be specific. Fine, I'll bring my doorbusters. That's fine. It's fine. People can get trampled on the way in. All <laughs> right. On the way out. So thanks everybody. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving and we'll see you the day after. I'm gonna say let's go bucks for all of you, and Ben's gonna say it for everyone listening. Let's go bucks!